What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James Gabsy. I want to take a quick second and uh, talk about, uh, you know, the unfortunate situation that happened in uh, Maui with uh, the wildfires that displaced so many people and left a lot of people hurt or worse or homeless or what have you. And it's during times like this where it's important to see that if you can help friends and family, which is exactly you know how we should be looking at all those people in Maui, if we can help them, we should. So um, Who Would Win made a donation to a food kitchen in the greater Maui area and, you know, with the hopes that uh, help can go to those who need it uh, right now. And look, uh, we encourage all of those within our fan base, all of our great listeners, that if you can, only if you can, please go ahead, find a great charity that's going to, uh, with your donation, benefit those that really could use your help right now. Again, look at all those people in Maui as friends and family. And if you can help, please feel free to make a donation and, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, bring a little bit of joy to so many people who really need it at this time. Thanks. The round table is quiet and empty before the big planning meeting. The Saxons are here, and it's up to King Arthur to formulate a plan to put them down. Arthur goes over maps and strategies, how best to use his knights and armies to achieve ultimate victory. It is then that the door to the chamber bursts open and the bare-chested Conan the Barbarian strides in. Oh, you look lost, Barbarian, King Arthur says as he raises an eyebrow. Conan looks Arthur dead in the eyes and just says, I'm here to kill a king. It's King of the Britons versus King of Aquilonia. It's Wart versus Kalidor. It's King Arthur versus Conan the Barbarian. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Ray Stacanus. Today's matchup is best described as a titanic clash between the two ultimate characters from the sword and sorcery genre. In one corner, you have the iconic King Arthur, a legendary figure deeply rooted in medieval European literature versus Conan the Barbarian, known for his raw physical power and savagery across the mythical lands of the Hyborian Age. As usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed. And wow, all I got to say, this is crazy. This battle, this fight, is one of those that's been discussed and hotly debated for decades. Wow. Literally, yeah, crazy for decades. But it's never come to a clear, clear-cut outcome, so it's about time that this battle came to a conclusion, which is exactly what we're going to do today. So, Ray, with all that being said, what are your thoughts in today's matchup? Now I'm wishing we would have saved it for Showdown September in a couple of months, right? Or one month. Who even knows? Weeks. Showdown September, folks. Book it. The point I'm trying to make here is, I'll be honest with you, a couple weeks ago, we came on and we said we were going to use Ethan Hunt for Mission Impossible in a battle, and we decided not to do that because of the WGA and the SAG After Strikes, because we would be doing it to help support the new Mission Impossible movie, and that's sort of a no-no uh, deal. 
And then last week we used Michelangelo of the Ninja Turtles and a couple people online said, Hey, you said you were doing the thing not to work with the movie, but there's this Ninja Turtle movie that just came out being completely real myself, James, the board, nobody realized that that movie was coming out much less that it was coming out that week. We just sort of are big fans of the Ninja Turtle comic books. And I just have to say our bad, thankfully, uh, James, and I think you can attest to this, our using of that character last week did not help them in movie ticket sales whatsoever. It did not help them in the least. I was also not aware a movie was out. You know, hey, we want to respect everyone who's striking now, rightfully so, from both SAG and WGA, and they're doing the right thing for the right reasons, and we always want to be on the right side with them. You know, of course we want to. But with that being said, there was a movie? Yeah, exactly. And to be fair, when I saw those comments and I read them, my, my, my heart kind of sank a little bit. And I said, oh, no, is there seriously? Is that happening? Because we, you know, in the boardroom, we were only talking about the comic books, completely oblivious to the reality around us. When we say we tune out the rest of the world and only focus on the battle, oftentimes that that is the case in the boardroom as well. So this week we're doing King Arthur versus Conan the Barbarian. Boy, I hope neither one of them have new stories since these are hundred, if not thousand year old characters. Uh, I, I'm here for it. I'm excited about this battle. We've been wanting to use uh, King Arthur for a long time. Let's make it happen. Yeah, we actually did some research this time, uh, you know, to make up for what we did Correct. last week. And uh, yeah, nothing that we have found so far indicates that there's any new project, at least struck project involving either King Arthur or Conan the Barbarian. We have a great judge who's kind of like a barbarian, but also has the nobility of a great king as well, which is why we had to have them come on to the show. So, Making their second appearance on the Hooligan Win Show is the hardcore icon. It's the human tack board. I can't believe it that he's back. It's the one and only Leroy Patterson. Leroy, welcome back to Who Would Win. Well, thank you for having me. It seems like a vicious battle today. It is a vicious battle, which is exactly why you know you you battle yourself in a very vicious way. I've I've seen the video. Um, you know, Leroy, before we get into this battle, tell the Legion of Audience, our faithful fan base, what you've been up to. Oh man, I have a Conan versus King Arthur movie coming out. What? <laughs> no, uh, jokes. Um, actually, oh, I, I do have a uh, a really cool vampire movie coming out called The After Dark. It should be out early next year. Bunch of uh, vampires just beating the crap out of each other, ripping heads off. It's going to be awesome. I'm making a video game, like full motion video style. Uh, you know, choose your own adventure awesomeness. I got my Giphy page is still going strong. We've got uh, billions and billions of views on that. And uh, we're going to start up some new episodes of Sneak Kings here pretty soon. Wow. Okay, Leroy, so you've been busy. I, I, let me just say right now, all of these projects sound absolutely amazing, and I know one thing that would make every single one of them better. Involve me in anything you're doing. I Here want in. I love vampires beating the crap out of each other. I love the video game Sneak King, one of my favorite Burger King games of a certain era. Uh, I own a copy right over here. Uh, as well as full motion video games, talk to me. I'm just saying, let's have Three or more conversations. Yes. Let's have multiple even. Listen, Leroy, you know, you are, you know, we were talking about this again. I got to say it. You are the perfect judge for today's episode. For those who don't know, Leroy looks like a noble, highly intelligent, regal king of the barbarians, right? Like you have that savagery going for you, but you also have this intellectual prowess, this genius, if you will, to lead your people the right way and to also create great technology for your people, the whole thing. What is it about this matchup that really appeals to you? I think you have two excellent swordsmen 
and it, it's, it's a battle of of sheer force and power versus intelligence both like equally skilled arguably in the way of the sword in the way of medieval combat but it's it's definitely a, a, a brains versus brawn scenario Interesting. I like your perspective because I may actually flip the whole script on you with what you just said. All right, listen, we have an epic battle. We've got an epic judge. Ray is here. I'm here. Let's get this party started. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing British mythology, the king who originated more Monty Python jokes than a giant cartoon foot, King Arthur. And representing comics and more, the barbarian who shockingly in the year 2023 is the second listing I get when I Google the word Conan, Conan the Barbarian. Ray, you're not kidding. I'm not not to ruin anything, but when I Googled Conan, I, I always did not get the right Conan I wanted. Just saying there's another Conan. No, wait, are you, are, you, are you repping prolific. that one or are you repping the barbarian? We'll get to that, Ray, because oh, now- I know. Because before we go any further, we have to go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Okay. So here we go. All right. Well, rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Here we go. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Okay. I've been dying to find this out, you know, this little tidbit, Ray. What version of King Arthur will you be using today? Look, there's a strong poll that wants to use the Monty Python and the Holy Grail version of King Arthur. There's been a few other movies that have come out. The Sword and the Stone is kind of a classic Disney film, one of my favorites, quite honestly. But I'm going with Arthurian mythologically. That's a word. Arthurian, Arthurian myths, King Arthur. I'll get the words out eventually. The one from the old, old books. That's the one I'm going with. I like it. I think I think you got to stay with the class. The first time a character comes on board, just go with the original source material. I think that's actually Start daring there. and brave uh, of you to do that for King Arthur. All right, listen. In terms of Conan the Barbarian, there are so many great versions. You've got the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie version. At least the first film was fantastic. You've got Conan from the '90s epic cartoon series with that great theme song. You know, Conan, Conan the Barbarian, whatever it was. And then you've got Conan O'Brien, who is very tall and lanky and has that reach. So if you put a sword in his hand, he could reach you from like three miles away. But oddly enough, I'm not using any of that. I'm going to go with Conan the Barbarian from the current Marvel 616 universe because he has some absolutely fantastic feats that will play in today's episode. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. All right, rule number five, the winner of the debate is whoever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes, and where no outside interference is allowed. And finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto at any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to leave the Who Would Win show a five-star rating and a fantastic written review wherever you download and listen to podcasts. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. 
Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for King Arthur. King Arthur is the ahistorical king of England in the 5th or 6th century. While the story of Arthur had existed before, his popularity got huge with Geoffrey of Monmouth's Historia Regum Britannia, written in the 1130s. While there is question whether the actual King Arthur actually existed, it's more likely he's an amalgam of about five different historical characters who did exist. Don't worry about that. The stories went viral in the 10th century, and they kept growing from there. British King Uther Pendragon had a son, through dubious means, named Arthur. Arthur took the throne at 15, and in his reign, he conquered Gaul, which is France, before pushing inland to attack the Holy Roman Empire. Wow. While he is gone, his friend Mordred took the throne and his wife. So upon returning, Arthur fights Mordred, takes him down, but is gravely wounded and taken to a place called Avalon in order to recover. That's the gist of the original legend in roughly 30 seconds that I have here. Fun fact, later stories typically take that legend and add in their own characters, storylines, and spin, especially religious spin. The original stories had Arthur, Excalibur, Merlin, Mordred, and Guinevere. That was basically it. Later authors added most of the Knights of the Round Table, the Holy Grail, and much more that we associate with all of these legends. In fact, in 1177, a French poet named uh, Chrétien de Troyes, I tried, introduced his own knight character to the series, a character named Sir Lancelot. Lancelot was brave, cool, handsome, won every fight he was in, and quickly waltzed in and started an affair with Queen Guinevere. In short, he might be literary history's first example of a fan fiction Mary Sue. Think about it. Yeah, he's that, but he's canon now, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, that is King Arthur. Uh, congratulations on your French, by the way. That was not horrible. Can you tell me how you say that man's name? You would know better than I. Chrétien de Troyes. So not bad. I'll not accept bad. it. I'll accept it. Yeah, I mean, I think that you was know what, good. James, you're probably closer than I am. That's all good. I mean, it's so helpful to speak French living in Los Angeles. 
with all the French people. The one time right. you've used it this year. All right, now here are the details for Conan the Barbarian. Now, Conan the Barbarian is one of the most iconic figures in sword and sorcery literature. Created by writer Leroy E. Howard in the 1930s, Conan hails from the ancient prehistoric world of Sumerian, uh, Sumeria in the Hyborian Age, where he navigated a land of dark magic, fierce creatures, and treacherous kingdoms. As a Sumerian, Conan is known for his immense strength, combat skills, and cunning, leading him, to, leading him from the humble origins of a barbaric tribe to becoming a king by his own hand. His tales are replete with adventures ranging from treasure hunting and warfare to facing supernatural threats. In the realm of comic books, Conan made his first appearance in Marvel Comics with... Marvel Comics with Conan the Barbarian number one, which was published way back in 1970. This venture into the comic world introduced Conan to a wider audience and allowed for the expansion of his narrative beyond Howard's original stories. It was Marvel Comics that amplified his legend to a broader fan base, intertwining his fate with other iconic Marvel characters. Over the years, Conan has crossed paths with characters like Thor, Wolverine, and even the Avengers. His enduring appeal is a testament to the timeless allure of the hero's journey and his raw, primal, James Gavsey-like essence that distinguishes him from the typical comic book superheroes of the modern era. Yeah, I said it. And here's an interesting fact about Conan. Did you know that the former president of the United States, Barack Obama himself, is a huge fan of Conan the Barbarian? It's true. Now, most people know that the former president is a huge fan of Spider-Man, but few knew that Conan the Barbarian is his second favorite comic book character. Word this got to Devil's Due Publishing, which led to them immortalizing the POTUS in the 2009 comic series Barack the Barbarian, which had him decked out in his signature loincloth doing battle against everyone from Sarah Palin to even Dick Cheney. It's a, it's a must read. I'm just saying it's pretty awesome, and I'll leave it at that. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Leroy, do you have any questions before we get started? No, I think you, you both have presented a very interesting setup. I can't wait to hear. I, I you know, maybe change my mind, and uh, we'll, we'll see how things go, because I, I know uh, my, my mention of his uh, perhaps limited uh, intelligence may have been uh, coming to question. I mean, I'm, I'm very interested to hear how both of these are presented. Listen, don't let Ray's limited intelligence, you know, fool you. He actually has some good debating skills. I mean, that's the thing. How he, dare you? I would like that stricken put, from the record. All right, he does not have good debating skills. You caught no, me. I, what that's, is happening? Uh, <laughs> that's an untruth. I'll do better. All right, let's get this party started. Ray, go ahead and history your point number one. Before we even begin point number one, I just want to say, Leroy, if James Gavsey brings up Conan's knowledge of tax law in this battle... It should be an instant disqualification. I don't want to go further. The people at home know what I'm talking about. Anyway. Race, I guarantee you, I will not be bringing that little interesting factoid up ever in a who would win battle. Good. Starting off with King Arthur over here, let's talk about his basic stats because I know that Conan is a powerful barbarian. I know that Conan is rippling muscles, big swords, loincloth. We all kind of know who Conan is, right? Uh, I'm sure James will fill in a few details, but he's a big, I'll say it, lesser intelligence with the exception of tax law. And uh, King Arthur's got him 10 ways to Sunday as far as planning and smarts goes. But let's talk about the physicality of King Arthur anyway. His strength. This guy is shockingly crazy powerful. I would argue that King Arthur might be as strong as Conan, if not stronger. And you wouldn't know it looking at him. You think of this old guy with a beard and a crown on his head. You think of the Monty Python Graham Chapman version. Let's just keep it real. But this is a guy who hits people and shatters shields. He takes his sword and he hits them and their shields basically explode. He shreds armor. This is a guy who can vivisect people. It's crazy. He also has been known 
to launch enemies that he strikes up to 10 feet backwards, roughly three strides of a horse backwards. If you get hit by me, you go only about five feet backwards. So that shows you how King Arthur can really drive you when he strikes you. This is a guy who struck a dragon with a club. A dragon was stepping up into his business. He took a club, hit him with it, and it was said that it was the force that would shatter walls and windows. He fights giants. This is a guy who fights people much larger than himself and using one of his swords, cut one in half. This is a guy who turned him into half a man, which is probably still a taller man, but that's a separate point. He's also surprisingly fast. He moves FTE to a giant. That means he moves faster than the eye can see. The reason he was able to get into a position to cut a giant in half is because he was moving so fast in battle, the giant couldn't track his movements and he was able to get into an advantageous position against the giant, right? He also has a rush move. This is a thing he's done against lots of knights in that the knight doesn't necessarily know that a a blow is about to come and King Arthur will essentially do a rush attack charging at him straight forward into the face and he moves so fast every knight he tries this against is taken off balance and driven backwards if not knocked out or defeated right there in that moment and also not counting later bonuses we'll talk about later he has this very strong endurance this is a guy who had a giant take his club we've all played skyrim we know what happens the giant hits you with a club you go 900 feet in the air and fall to your death That's how Skyrim works. That's also sort of how it works in the King Arthur world, except he took a giant club to the face and tanked it. He was able to take that hit and keep fighting afterwards, keep fighting as if nothing was wrong. He also, during his big battle with Mordred, he got stabbed in the head and was able to keep going. He still defeated Mordred. He still was able to give a speech to the men afterwards after being stabbed through the brain This is a guy who you have to essentially disintegrate in order to defeat in battle because he will keep coming until you're down. He gives a speech to his people. He gets on a boat. He goes to Avalon afterwards, and that's still a victory. Can Conan disintegrate him? I don't think so, and that's my point number one. You know, here's the thing. I I like how you're taking this from, like, you know, lore and legend and the original myth, and you're like, and he's got a rush move. Like, I'm sure I would love to have read the old English prose about, and there he was, forsooth, having a rush move against thy knight. It doesn't really. I like how you're extrapolating things. Uh, Points to you for creativity. I think you Americans call those kudos. So kudos to you. They count for nothing, but I just just like where you're going with that. Okay, let me kind of push back on a couple of things. First of all, you're describing Conan the Barbarian as a big, huge kind of linebacker slash lineman type of guy. He's so much more than that, which I'll get to my point number one. You know, King Arthur's physicals that you're describing, pretty sure all of those are derived from his sword, his magical enhanced sword Excalibur, which is cool. That's awesome. But take away the sword. And what do you got? King Arthur's kind of like, you know, a cool guy with a beard and a dad bod. Nothing wrong with that. But he doesn't have any of that insane physicality you're talking about, which, by the way, is low level compared to Conan the Barbarian, what he can do. Uh, Dragons, giants, knights, these things that, you know, King Arthur has so victoriously defeated. These are called warm up fights for Conan. He's taken on way worse, way bigger, way more numbers in terms of all these, plus so much more. And I'll get into that later. You know, King Arthur's speech after he got stabbed in the head, I'm pretty sure it was noted that it was just a series of clicks and whistles. He wasn't really making real words, but whatever. We'll call that a hash, you know, air quotes, a speech. 
that's fine. He still kind of died after, and that's the thing. Now, let me get to my point number one. I'm not bitter towards King Arthur, by the way. I think the whole legend's pretty awesome. But Conan the Barbarian's just on a different level. So let's talk about, you know, the basics of Conan, his physicals or his physical capabilities. So first, let's talk about his strength, because Conan definitely has superhuman strength. And one issue, you know, see, in, in Marvel Comics, what's so great, he comes to the future or present time, goes back in the past, skips around, all that kind of stuff. So he finds himself in the present, and he's facing off against a car. He doesn't know why that car is there. He doesn't like it. So he decides to flip the car. Now, he doesn't go by the door, you know, the front door of the car, and kind of roll it. Oh, no, no, he goes to the front end where the engine is and flips it over long ways that way fairly easily. You know, one comic panel, he's like, what is this? Flip and just he's like, hi, I've defeated. Pretty cool thing. In terms of, of strength, back in his own times, he was facing off against this army that had this siege tower that was shooting out these super large boulders and doing some crazy stuff. And Conan the Barbarian was like, I don't even like this thing. I don't get how it works. Whatever. And he, there's a rope hanging from it. He grabs it. He pulls on it. And he pulls super hard and pulls the whole thing down. Now, back in Roman times, the siege tower weighed 150 tons. I'm not saying this thing was that, but it was probably at least half of that. So Conan the Barbarian pulled down a siege tower by himself that was probably 70 to 75 tons that is superhuman strength on top of that his durability is clearly off the charts he's been thrown through cave walls fallen out of extremely high buildings and castles land on jagged rocks resisted crushing forces from huge monsters withstood tortures recovered from insane severe, severe blunt force trauma and injuries he tanked pretty much everything he is absolutely superhumanly durable uh in terms of speed Again, absolutely superhuman. His reaction time. There's a speed feat where Conan moves so fast, he dodged a little magical blitz of energy coming in from all directions, like omnidirectional, that someone, some scientist came on, calculated that reaction time. He said, if that's accurate, Conan moves 12 and a half times faster than the normal human being to perform such a feat. It was crazy. In terms of just pure speed, Conan was fast enough to dodge and parry thousands of magical lightning bolts fired him that also bounced off against me. It was just this crazy you know, storm of electrical attacks, lightning, magical lightning, and he he didn't get hit even once because he was dodging everything. Now, that's also because he's very, very smart and calculate the angles, what have you. More on that later. On top of all that, he's able to outrace a tiger, and he actually ran faster than a horse on a number of occasions. That's insane. He's got superhuman endurance. He's able to swim at full speed for several days until he reached shore, and he can fight at full strength for hours on end without getting tired. His vitality, that is just, you know, essence, it's superhuman. Wounds lead to others, barely slow him down. He's got superhuman resistance to poisons, fatigue, hunger, and disease. It's crazy. He's also got, I'd say it's almost like a superpower. It's listed at his warrior's sixth sense. This is really cool. I didn't even know this was the thing, but since he was being raised as a barbarian, he had time to kind of birth to, to, from birth to nurture what was called a survival sixth sense. And this is something in the Hyborian age that was lost to most humans once they got civilized, so to speak. And it's a sixth sense that kicks in during battle and it enables him to understand his opponents better. He sees attacks coming much faster. He's got this enhanced survivability. This, is, this explains pretty much a lot of his supernatural and superhuman fighting ability and why he survived and thrived and taken out crazy powerful beings. He's got superhuman willpower. Now, the, the Barbarian's willpower in Marvel Comics, it, it really transcends human norms. This thing empowers him to like, insanely overcome any challenge that would absolutely crush anyone else. He's got this relentless pursuit of his goals. We know this about Conan the Barbarian. He's got resistance to mind control manipulation. His ability to endure physical and emotional pain. Refusal to surrender. We've seen this before. He won't give up before he accomplishes his goal. In a battle of wills, King Arthur's will is super strong. 
But you see, Conan's on another level. He's had to overcome way more hardship than Conan than, than King Arthur. Remember, Conan was a slave and then had to fight his way through to become a barbarian and eventually a king. He wasn't given a kingship. He wasn't said, hey, you're destined for this. Take a sword and here you go. Oh, no, no. He had to beat up way more powerful gods, demons, monsters, and opponents. His ability to take and ignore pain is superhuman. And again, he's not going to stop until he gets the win over King Arthur. This is a very different being that King Arthur's ever taken on. All of that is my point number one. I don't think it is different than anything that King Arthur has taken on before, quite honestly, given Arthurian legends, given the champions of all of the great groups that he's fought in the past, all the different countries, all the different invading armies. I don't think Conan really is that different, James. I appreciate you need to make that distinction. I just disagree absolutely completely. Now, you talked about a siege tower and his ability to pull one down. I would argue that if you have the right amount of leverage, you can do a lot of things that appear stronger than somebody should be able to do. A siege tower is something that stretches very, very high in the air. It could have been very poorly made. It could be very, very, you know, not very wide, at which point I or Papa Smurf or anyone else could come over and flip it over just with the right amount of leverage in the right spot. You can bring down a siege tower fairly easily. And also, Conan's not that smart. I'm sorry. In Conan the Barbarian issue 18 from just in 2021, I know you love recent versions of characters, James. He had a sword called the Tooth of the Night Star. And it was a cursed blade that even though he was suffering hallucinations, he was losing his mind. He couldn't put two and two together that this sword he was walking around with was a problem. And what ends up happening, the sword took him over. It possessed his arms and almost killed himself with the sword. He ended up having just enough willpower. You talk about the willpower. He had just enough to overcome that, put the sword on the ground, and then a group of bandits or whatever came over and kidnapped him without a fight. Maybe his willpower is not that great is all I'm saying. Interesting facts, all stuff I'm going to repute later on. All right, listen, Leroy, you've heard one point from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle? So I do have a question for each of you. Ray, about King Arthur, is there any mention of exactly how fast he is? We've heard he's fast enough that a a giant can't see him, but do we have a a defined how many times faster than than a man? The, the thing that I learned from looking into Arthurian legends is that they deal more in prose and poetry than they do in scientific numbers. So what I know is that he moves so fast that given a certain amount of uh, dueling distance between him and his opponent, he can close that gap, arm himself, and hit the person before they have a chance to react. So I do know that he is very fast. I know that as far as a giant is concerned, he moved so fast he could not be perceived. Okay. You know, so as far as actual numbers go, Faster than a horse, faster than 10 horses. I didn't find something specific to that. Okay, thank you. James, about Conan, the sixth sense that he has is, you you mentioned that it's activated during battle. Is it only during battle, or is there any instance where he has that sense activated not in a battle? Well, so it really comes alive during a battle, but it gives him not like a precog, but it definitely enhances his ability to sense what someone is up to. If a trap is going to be, you know, there's a set or he can start to read people. And I'll bring this up in my next point. But Conan is not this mindless barbarian. He's actually insanely smart, very clever and has a very high level uh, of intelligence in terms of reading people and sensing the environment and seeing what's going on. So, yeah, it does activate 
activate, even when he's just walking around and something he can tell like something's not right or something's up. So it, it but it really comes alive when he's taking on like a supernatural, crazy powerful or very powerful or skilled opponent. Okay. But definitely not a cursed blade that makes him hallucinate. <laughs> From the stories that I've heard so far, we are we are very close. This is not an easy fight, and I, I really think the next few points are really going to drive home one or the other. But right now, I'm at a stalemate. I mean, I hope so. We've only got three points. I mean, that's all we got. Well, I would make a decision before the end of the battle, yes. I can't yeah, promise that. that. I can't, I'm, I but I'm going to try. That's fair. All right, let's see what you have to say for point number two. Point number two for King Arthur. Let's talk a little bit about his gear and some of the things that he has done. Because he, he wears armor. That is a big difference between these two characters. King Arthur wears armor. He wears a gold helmet. And let's face it, Conan the Barbarian wears a loincloth. As far as actual defense goes, King Arthur can take a few extra hits than Conan can because he's wearing a full suit of armor that near as I could tell doesn't affect his mobility nearly as much as having that many muscles on top of other muscles would. I'd be surprised if Conan the Barbarian could even comb his own hair after a shower. That's all I'm going to say about that. I also want to point out that he has a bunch of special weapons. He has a special dagger named Karn Wenon. I probably pronounced it terrible, but it is a dagger that has some magical properties. He's used it to cut a witch in two. And it, I would just say cutting a witch in two, depending on the weapon, might not be that big a deal. But a dagger is only like how many inches out from the blade. If you can use something that's only three inches deep and cut somebody in half with it, something is happening there. All right. Something exciting. He also has a spear named Ron. Yes, he has a spear named Ron. It allows him to strike people from a distance, but near as I could find out, Ron has no magic or special powers whatsoever. It's just a spear that he really likes a lot and is named Ron. I just want to say it again. I just, that blew me away. That's fantastic. He has a shield that blocked a giant's hit. We talked before about how powerful the giants are in the world of Arthurian mythology. He, his shield blocked a giant's hit with a club, basically like it was Thor versus Captain America in the, uh, what, in the Avengers movie when Thor's mighty hammer strikes the shield and then everybody flies backwards and all the trees lose their leaves. That is the type of shield. I don't want to say it's made of Dark Ages vibranium. I'm just wanting to say it's probably made of Dark Ages level vibranium. It can block nearly anything if it can block one of those giant's hits. He also has, and this one blew me away, an invisible cloak. He has the Harry Potter cloak that he could put over himself with a cowl and the whole deal, and it makes him invisible. I know Conan is a good barbarian. Does he have the ability to fight people who are invisible? I'd love to see James have a counter for it. Otherwise, he's in trouble because that dagger might cut Conan in half. But wait, there's more. King Arthur rides a horse. This horse is a powerful horse. You thought the horses in Red Dead Redemption's Undead Nightmare DLC were rough. This is a horse who dragged a sea monster. It roped around a sea monster and was able to yank that sea monster around on land. That's something. Also, that horse put its hoof prints down in stone and left hoof prints. You don't want to be attacked by a cavalry with King Arthur on the horse because you're going to get dragged more than that sea monster did. 
And now I want to tell you the story about the Black Knight, Sir Pelinor. Now, we all know the Black Knight from the Monty Python movie. It went a little better for King Arthur there than it did in real life, quote unquote. Young King Arthur, he was very, very young, still only slightly trained. He was at the very beginning of his journey. Think Batman year one, think early Spider-Man. He held his own in a fight against the Black Knight. Finally, after two battles where they were dueling and got a draw, the third fight, he got hit by a spear in the shoulder, got knocked backwards on his horse, got stuck up in the stirrups, and the horse took off, battlefield removing Arthur. That was rough, but that was young Arthur. A few days later, he went to the Lady of the Lake risking his own death to get the sword Excalibur, which we'll talk about a little bit further. But as soon as he got Excalibur, he came back a few days later, not much more trained, just with a slightly better sword. And he disarmed the Black Knight, defeated him, got the Black Knight Sir Pelinor to uh, uh, pledge loyalty to King Arthur and what he's doing, and got that man to join his crew instead of killing him. I'm going to argue Conan the Barbarian has a lot of honor at the end of the day. I think once he is bested in battle by King Arthur, he will agree to join Arthur's army and become one of the Knights of the Round Table, but that is loyalty to Arthur, which is a defeat in a who would win battle. And that's my point number two. Wow, lots, and I mean lots to push back on here. Okay, let's see what we can start with. Okay, much like Ray Sicanus, King Arthur wears a helmet. I get it. Here's the thing. It doesn't affect his mobility. I'll agree with that because, or the armor itself, because he's got the enhanced, you know, Excalibur, which gives him the enhanced physicals. That's all well and good. The the spear named Ron. I mean, I have a, a pair of nunchucks named Dave. So that's cool. I like the naming convention. Not sure really where that comes. I, you know, when it comes to like spears, daggers, even things that are like enchanted, but the spear is not. This is nothing that Conan hasn't seen a million times before and has dealt with. This is all what I call yawn territory for Conan the Barbarian. A shield that blocks a giant's hit with the, I mean, that's pretty cool. Keep in mind, Conan tanked Captain America's shield. Yes, Captain America's shield, both when Conan, when Captain America was hitting him with it, like it was like attached to his arm and he smashed him with it. And also when he threw it at Conan and it hit him in the head and he just, it, didn't feel good, but he tanked it and then continued on to, the, to fighting. So if he can do that to Captain America's shield, this um, Dark Ages level vibranium, which is not a thing, by the way, it, this type of shield's not going to affect Conan. Uh, invisible cloak, that's really cool. Here's the thing, fun fact about Conan, he's got enhanced senses, and that's because of his training and where you know he grew up. You know He did a lot of forest type of training, so he's got enhanced uh, smell, sight. He can see in the dark to a really great degree. He can hear much better than a normal human. He's fought invisible opponents before and although he couldn't see them directly his sense is able to pinpoint where they were so put on an invisible cloak and conan's still going to be able to figure out where you are and kill you listen we we had a leroy we had a match with serpentor from gi joe the series back in the 80s was great and ray argued hey if you look up serpentor he has his flying little platform as part of the toy package you can get if you look up king arthur you know what he doesn't have when you buy king arthur figures typically a horse this is not something he has with him all the time. This is something he rides once in a while, and then he gets off the horse to battle Mordred or what have you. But if you want to go with, you know, flying, a, you know, modes of transportation or modes of transportation, I should say, Conan's often ridden on a flying dragon that breathes fire. So that's a cool horse. He's got a massive dragon, Game of Thrones style, whatever, that he can use to bring to the battle as well. All right, now let me kind of get to my next point. And for my point number two, let's talk about Conan's ability to fight and all these cool fighting skills. You know, fun fact, speaking of how smart Conan is, do you know he's actually 
actually a genius. He has a genius intellect and an IQ of 160. It's true. According to Marvel Comics, this guy is a genius, and I believe it. What's even more incredible, though, is what I call his fight IQ. This is actually a new term or newish term used within MMA and combat sports circles. This is where you have a genius IQ. You understand what to do in a fight, how to position people, what you can do versus what they're doing, what they're bringing to the table, what have you. And he's really the Sun Tzu of fighting and strategy and all that kind of good stuff of his era in terms of what Conan can do. You know, in terms of some of his favorite techniques and that he combines his strength with, I just bring this up because he loves to snap necks. This is a snap necking or, or he's a neck snapping machine. He's done this to huge bulls, giant eagles, giant bears, giant crocodiles, and even dinosaurs. Oh yeah, he snapped the necks of thousands of warriors. And this is just something he likes to do for fun because he's good at it and it feels good for him. This is what he does with his bare hands. This is crazy. On top of that, this guy's a master warrior. He's beyond highly skilled when it comes to being to armed and unarmed com- combat. He's been trained by the masters. I mean, so many of the masters of his, of his of his era. He's trained to use all the weapons available in his time. And he's mastered them all. Bring a spear or dagger, whatever. He's going to disarm it and use it against you. At one point, you know, this is really cool. He used a regular axe on the character from Marvel Comics called Vision. You know, Vision, who was married to Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch, for some time. And this is their first encounter. Conan's like, I have no idea what you are. Better be on the safe side. He takes a regular stone axe and cuts into his chest and blows his chest apart with that big axe because he's so, so devastating. He knew how to hit Vision with it, which is crazy because Vision is a super powerful character. Now, his skill, brutality, intensity, this was really unsurpassed. He's shown to kill highly skilled and armed opponents by the 20s, whether armed or bare Now, what do I mean by that? Well, it turns out that Conan kills so many people, creatures, and things that the people around him just thought, hey, you know what's easier to calculate every individual person killing these killed? Let's use multiples of the number 20. That's why they say Conan kills in scores. Scores is another way of saying 20. So when they say, hey, Conan killed 100 score of warriors, they mean he killed 2,000 people in that battle at once. That's what he does. This guy is the ultimate badass. In terms of weapons, he typically uses... Like a super strong sword made of Atlantean steel. Now, to put this in context, it's strong enough to survive getting hit by a weapon made of adamantium. Is it as strong as adamantium? No, but it's still insanely strong and much, much stronger than regular steel. And he's considered by many to be the greatest swordsman of his time. That's actually quite undeniable. He's also a master of improvised weapons. After killing a massive, this is really cool. After killing a massive and giant sized prehistoric crocodile, a T Rex appears out of nowhere. Conan smiles and excited to plunge something because he's just excited to plunge something into another massive opponent and proceeds to kill the T-Rex with a primitive spear he made out of a branch from a nearby tree. But there's so much more. He's a master at fighting opponents who have weapons. And by the way, he's a master at disarming opponents. He's disarmed gods fighting with supernatural weapons, way more powerful than Excalibur. He even disarmed Kang the Conqueror who was about to blast him with his super high-tech weapons. He's also a master of stealth. This is really cool. You want to be invisible? That's awesome. Conan can detect it. But remember, Conan was also a thief, and he's mastered stealth and how to be very quiet. Remember, in forest, his surroundings, he was trying to sneak up on animals all the time to improve his stealth. This is something King Arthur is not going to be ready for. This giant, huge-sized guy who can all of a sudden disappear because he's moving really stealthily, that's what he did. He was a super successful thief for years and years. This is crazy. There's more. He's also a master athlete. So he's, he's got crazy superhuman physicals, but he was also trained and experienced in so many athletic fields, including swimming, mountaineering, horseback riding. Look, 
the bottom line is when Conan did some crazy stuff, he performed feats that other men considered impossible. He would scale a nearly uh, sheer cliff with no handholds, whatever, and he would just go up it super fast, which is crazy for someone who's 6'4", 265. And finally, he's a master tactician and strategist. Look, he's got crazy experience in battles. He's got great tactical and strategic knowledge. In fact, it's safe to say that he's the greatest fighting mind and strategic thinker of his era. He can come with elaborate battle strategies. We've seen it in the comics. Whether he's fighting for an army he's leading or he can instantly size someone up in battle, figure them out, create a surefire plan to defeat them. This guy can do it all. On top of that, he will always spot a trap and detect good places for an ambush. This is someone that's not falling for your stuff and he's going to size you up immediately. Again, this is unlike any opponent King Arthur's ever faced. That's my point number two. All right. There's a wow. There's a lot going on there that I will I will disagree with. Yes. Conan the Barbarian in Marvel Comics has been the subject of some bizarre writing. Based on the Kang the Conqueror versus Rick Sanchez episode that we had at this show not very long ago, you were arguing that Kang, you know, he, he has all of these wild abilities. He couldn't be defeated by somebody who can see and play like 7D chess like Rick Sanchez. But somehow on the pages of Marvel Comics, Conan the Barbarian surprises him by punching him in the face. Like, this is just weird. That's weird writing. That's taking Conan. I don't think that's normal for Conan as I know him in his stories and the idea that he's stealthy. Look, in Skyrim, I took a very muscle-bound, double-handed weapon, heavy armor-wearing orc. I did become Lord of the Thieves Guild. I didn't do it with a lot of skill. I did it by breaking into a house, murdering everybody, stealing what I needed to steal, and leaving. I don't see Conan as big and powerful as he is as being a quality stealth or a quality thief. That just doesn't make a lot. That doesn't track in my mind. And you talk about the masters of his era. Oh, who? Who's a master of his era 14 centuries ago? Nobody good existed back then. He's the greatest mind of his era. Great. Against who? Zook the caveman? What are you talking about right now? And he mastered all the weapons of his era. Oh, good. He knows rocks and clubs. This is ridiculous. Yes. He beat people in the 20s because he was beating mindless cavemen. I know in the 1980s, we talked about WWE wrestling jobbers. Conan is king of the jobber killers. This is a guy who would dunk on the Brooklyn Brawler in the 20s. No question of my mind at all. And I love the Brooklyn Brawler actually from Detroit. Don't worry about that. The point I'm trying to make is that Conan ran up a score against a middle school team and that doesn't mean he's on King Arthur's level. I I, I just got to hold on, hold on. So 14,000 years ago, or actually it's 12,000 years ago where he supposedly lived versus medieval times. I get it. But this is a lost age. Atlantis was a thing uh, not too long before that. They had technology and magic. These weren't jobbers. That's like saying if they were jobbers and King Arthur was absolutely going up against people with Ebola you know, the Black Plague, dysentery, you know, that at least kind of... Oh, apparently I gave Conan too much credit because I was giving him 1,400 years ago, and you just said 14,000 years ago. That predates the Holy Roman Empire. I'm literally, people are living in caves fighting woolly mammoths with makeshift spears, and you're talking about Conan dunking on these people like me and you with a Bic lighter couldn't do the same thing. 
I can't tell if you're talking about where I grew up in Canada with the cave people and man, fair, I have no idea what's point. happening here. All right, listen, we are at the turning point where after hearing two points from Ray and myself, Leroy tells us who's ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But before we get to what Leroy has to say, let's celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week. Every week we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Would Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Today we have a very special patron. He often comments on Twitter and Facebook about the show, often makes his own posts about the show. Let's talk about Cam Sully, our patron of the week. Ooh, Cam Sully. All right, listen, Cam, I'm sorry. I got to do this because you're so powerful. Keeping with our sword and sorcery theme, let's have Cam Sully go up against Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. This is a very good battle. See, Jon Snow, you know, as we know, what is he, Lord of the Sparrows, King of the North? He has that wonderful sword. This is a very accomplished fighter. He goes north of the wall. He fights, uh, what, the, the the undead. He fights monsters. He fights the wildlings. And, and he even, like, marries one in real life. Good job, Jon Snow. I think they've got, like, two or three kids now. Don't worry about that. Look it up later. Anyway, Cam Sully is going to walk in, and he has the one thing that Jon Snow isn't prepared for. He has the one psychological advantage that uh, Jon Snow is not ready, and that is memes. Cam Sully makes his own memes. He generates his own content. Now, granted, most of these memes don't make any sense whatsoever. In fact, they probably come from a weirdly addled and deranged mind. We love you, Cam. But what are these memes? Anyway, Jon Snow takes one look at them, realizes maybe he's in over his head, drops his sword and runs back to the wall because also Jon Snow can't comprehend what Cam Sully is even getting at. Cam, you win, but did you? Yeah, he did. Oh, he won then. Great job. I mean, it's battlefield removal when he takes himself off. I mean, I would if I saw Cam Sully. Congratulations, Cam. Now, remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash show and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Now, back to the turning point. Leroy, you've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? I do have a quick question for each of you. James, about Conan. You say he has an IQ of 160. Has he had yes. any experience with modern learning? Yes, he has, actually. Okay. So I will get to that my point number three. Great. He has had a lot of experience with modern times because of the whole time travel thing that happens in the Marvel Universe. And he's even had experience with future tech as well. Okay, okay. And then for Ray, about King Arthur, his spear's name is Ron? Yes, that is correct. Okay, good, good. I like that. I gotta say... I am currently just barely leaning towards King Arthur. And that's not just because of Ron. Ron is a big part of this. It's going to close the gap. But I think that I got to be honest right now. It's, it's the, uh, it's the rush attack. That's these two are so evenly matched in my mind right now. And that could very well change, but that rush attack, that's something that that's that it's really going to be whoever gets the first hit on this thing. And that speaks volumes to me, but I'm, That's I'm, interesting. I'm still on, I'm still, I could be swayed either way at this point. Interesting beyond interesting. And this, I'd love to say this plays exactly into my plan, but the reality is it plays exactly into my plan and my strategy, just like how Conan the Barbarian would debate this battle. All right, we're down to the final point. Ray, let's see if you have what it takes. Hit us with your point number three. Point number three, four. 
King Arthur. Now, first off, I do want to say that Ron's full name is Rongominiad, which is a combination of the words spear and slayer in ancient tongue. And so given all that, yes, its name is Ron. And in the original text, they just call it Ron, R-O-N, the entire time. And it made me very happy. I'll talk about that a lot because it just brings me joy. Anyway, let's talk about Excalibur. Let's talk about how he brings it home because Excalibur is his magical sword. Now, originally, I thought it was the sword and the stone, right? Isn't that what we were all taught? But in the Arthurian legend, that is actually not the case. Uh, as it turns out, he was warding to a guy named Sir Kay. This is from the Sword in the Stone Disney film is what they talked about. And he was basically told Sir Kay broke his sword. He says, uh, Arthur, you whelp, get out of here and go get me my sword from the tent. He gets there and finds a scabbard with no sword in it. And walking by, he doesn't know the legend of the sword in the stone, which is in the middle of this camp. He goes, I got to find a sword. I got to find a sword. Pulls the sword out of the stone, revealing himself to be the true king of England and a real BA at the end of the day. Brings it over for Sir Kay. And everybody's like, yo, where'd you get that sword? He goes, I got it from that, uh, that rock over there. And they go, no, you didn't, you liar. And Merlin steps in to say, yes, he did. This is the king of the Britons. He is very powerful. And this is a really a Thor's hammer kind of a deal because Conan the Barbarian is not worthy. You said yourself, James, he's a thief. He's a scoundrel. He's a knave. At the end of the day, King Arthur is a holy legend. This is a man who has the Lord on his side. He also has this Thor ability of being worthy. He's the only one who can pull the sword out of the stone as far as real legends go. Excalibur now came later with the Lady in the Lake with the Black Knight story I told earlier. That sword comes later because his sword also shatters in the battle against the Black Knight. Now, Excalibur's original name was Caliburn, which is from an original Welsh word I will not try to pronounce for fear of my reputation, at least what's left. The point is that Excalibur became the name of the sword later because Caliburn, Excalibur, you get where we're going. It's an indestructible sword. There's a lot of problem with swords breaking in the world of King Arthur, and Excalibur solves that problem. It is also super sharp. It shreds metal like it was paper. Now, that's not really going to matter against a guy who doesn't wear any armor, but it just means that it's going to go through Conan's body that much faster. In fact, he can wave the sword and he can catch the light in a certain way that it has the effect of being as bright as 30 suns. He can wave it at people and blind them. Now, I know you said Conan fights well blind. I guess we're going to find out here because all he has to do is wave Excalibur and Conan can't see maybe ever again. This is a guy who went to an emperor of another land. And if we've seen the uh, wonderful movie UHF with a character named Conan the Librarian, where the book was overdue and he took the sword and he cut the guy in half. That's what King Arthur did with Excalibur to an emperor. He went from the top of his head to about his waist and split the man in half like it was a 90s anime with over-the-top violence. Also, bonus, when he, when he wields Excalibur, he does not get tired when he is wielding Excalibur, meaning, much like Captain America, he literally can go all day. And the cool part is, after he used Excalibur to beat the Black Knight, Black Knight said, that sword is awesome. Merlin, after the battle, says, you think that sword is what won you that battle? Arthur goes, of course it was. Merlin goes, you're dumb because it was your scabbard. It was the actual like sheath that you hold the sword in. That scabbard is actually more magical than Excalibur. If you have that sheath, 
on your waist. Even if you get disarmed from Excalibur, the scabbard provides you with no blood loss in battle, no wounds are possible in battle, and you will not die in combat as long as that scabbard is around your waist. That is a magical scabbard you didn't even know. That's why you were able to beat the Black Knight. The sword helped. Your training helped. But the fact that you couldn't take any wounds against him should have been a big hint, Arthur, you big doofus. And at that point, Arthur said, oh, I better respect the scabbard. At the end of the day, his magical items prevent him from losing. It sucks in that it's a little bit of like writers, etc., that prevent him from losing, but he can't be defeated in battle as long as he has the scabbard when with the sword, he's going to rush Conan the Barbarian with Excalibur. He's going to cut him in half. This might be the shortest battle in who would win show history. This thing's done. And that's my point number three. All right. So some interesting stuff I got to push back on. So one of the reasons a lot of people chose not to wear armor, if you look at the samurai, for example, the armor they did wear, a lot of it was wood based. Why? Because it provided just enough protection, but it didn't slow them down. Conan's musculature and his ability to fight and what have you was he has worn armor. It's not something he does all the time, but he can tank punishment, but he really counts on himself being able to outmaneuver people because again, he's much faster than people think he does have what qualifies as super speed compared to like when he can outrace a tiger and out and run faster than a horse. All right. Now in terms of who's going to hit whom first, King Arthur is known for his chivalry. That's part of being a knight. He's a legend for many things, including being very chivalrous. And part of that is being chivalrous in battle where you talk it out first and then kind of see what happens. You know, even if you're justified, what have you, that's when Conan's like, cool, I'm not talking this out. Screw this guy. He's hitting first, undeniably, very, very significantly. All right. Now, is Conan worthy enough? You know, here's the thing, a really fun comic book story. Conan was worthy enough after a while to pick up Thor's hammer. That's fairly worthy. That's one of the highest forms of being worthy within Marvel Comics. Now, is he going to pick up Excalibur and do something? You know, I don't know. Maybe he will, and maybe, you know, who knows? Merlin's like, you know what? I like this guy, but I don't know. I doubt that'll happen, but I'm just saying he's very worthy. And remember, this is someone who becomes a king. So Conan's not just worthy, but he also becomes King Conan as well, the most powerful king of his realm. Many people agree with that. Now, that, yeah, that sheath, that scabbard, whatever you want to call it, that's awesome. But the fact is, he still got mortally wounded by someone with a sword that wasn't that powerful or magically enhanced. Just that's the thing. I'll talk about that more in my point number three. And if you want to talk about who has that rush, Conan rushes people like it's no one's business. Look, King Arthur's awesome. He's got these enhanced physicals, what he can do with his sword, his sheath, all that kind of good stuff. Conan is known for attacking first. He knows that's a smart thing to do in battle. And he'll quickly understand what he's facing when he's facing up against King Arthur because of what I'm about to tell you from my point number three. Now, my point number three, let's talk about the big wins for Conan and King Arthur's ultimate downfall due to some weaknesses he's got. So Conan lives what many believe is the ultimate age of swords and sorcery. He's had to face off against opponents who are way more powerful than King Arthur. I'm talking like insanely more powerful, who are also armed with powerful magical weapons or just have magical powers or physical abilities that dwarf King Arthur's. That's a fact, especially within the Marvel Universe. Okay, so for example, Conan is defeated. I'm going to try to pronounce these names. Character named Zaph. It's a giant spider god that Conan literally destroyed. A character named Chathan who's considered an elder god. That's a powerful, powerful being. You know, he's got immense magical power, insane super strength and physicals who could warp reality 
reality, and Conan beat him. He beat a character named Dagoth, who's this demon god, also with Hulk-like super physical abilities. He defeated Fafnir Hellhand, which is Ray Sicanus' maiden name, and Fafnir was this incredible warrior who was turned into a, a supernatural dragon by a cursed ring, and Conan beat him in his supernatural, super powerful dragon form. He beat Zaltatun, a super powerful necromancer who could raise an army of the dead. Thothamon, we've seen this new, that's a wizard and recurring nemesis of Conan who used the serpent ring of set. And this ring made that Thothamon seemingly unstoppable, but Conan still found a way to stop him and also disarm him. He beat, I can't even pronounce this, Rarl, the devourer of souls. That's a thing. Kulan Gath, now this is a powerful sorcerer who could also warp reality, teleport, and cast super powerful spells. And this became like a Thanos level multiversal threat not too long ago in the Marvel Universe. Conan was part of a team who defeated him, but he's also defeated this character on his own before. He defeats Set, the serpent god of Stygia, who makes King Arthur and Excalibur look like nothing in terms of power. Jabal Sag, I just like saying it. Jabal Sag, that's actually a character. It's the god of beasts. I'd say that's a good opponent to have beaten on your resume. And this doesn't include all the demons, ghosts, vampires, literal dinosaurs, and other supernatural entities he's beaten. And that's not all. He's defeated some very familiar Marvel characters. Now, this is a crossover event. I get it. But this was a Marvel thing that happened in the 80s. He legit defeated Captain America in a crazy sword versus shield battle when he stabbed Cap through the shoulder and Cap couldn't continue the fight. And this is where Conan turned to organized crime, understood the way of the modern world, started making money, was a thief in the whole thing. It was the 80s. What are you going to do? And he gets in a fight with Captain America, takes the shield to the face a few times and shows that he's way more powerful than Captain America, stabs him in the shoulder and all of his uh, Conan's minions saw this and Cap had to give up the fight and he's like, wow, he just defeated Cap Captain America. Even Cap is like, I can't continue. And, and Conan's like, we'll fight another day. Don't worry about it. I got the win. In regular Marvel Comics continuity, this is not a what if, Conan defeated a character named Deathlock. Now, this is a cool character. He's an advanced cyborg with an adamantium spine and adamantium lace musculature. He can turn his extremities any type of melee weapon he wants. He can press up to 150 tons, and Conan was able to beat him and also cut off one of his arms with his Atlantean steel sword. But the character that best suits this battle is Conan's fight with Wolverine. Now, this, this is a really cool fight. This happened in the Marvel 616 universe. They face off. They start fighting each other. Conan gets like slashed by the, the claws a little bit and then he stabs Wolverine right through the chest and Wolverine drops and Conan walks away, pulls his sword out and all of a sudden he's like, wait, what? And Wolverine pops back up. He's like, wow, he's got unbreakable claws and he's got some way of, you know, bypassing death. So Wolverine, Conan's like, okay, I got a plan. Fights him. They pushes him off. They both fall off a cliff all the way down this you know cliff and then they fall through a house and you know Wolverine's got the healing factor and adamantium bone structure but you know who gets up first it's Conan and he stands over Wolverine with the sword in hand Wolverine looks up and he's like wow you got me and Conan's like I do but I like how you fight and they became friends but even Wolverine's like you actually legit beat me in this fight you outlasted me but if you want to go even further, check this out. Conan, in a one-on-one -on -one fight, decidedly and unquestionably actually beat Kang the Conqueror. Oh, yeah. And not just regular Kang. Oh, no. Conan beat what is known as multiversal Kang, the Kang of Kang. See, Kang was afraid of Conan because he saw that Conan could somehow be a huge threat to him in his desire to conquer the multiverse. He saw the future, witnessed himself there, and he said, listen, Conan, out of all the people that are going to stop me, there's one person who stood out. It's not Thor. It's not Captain America. It's not Tony Stark. Iron Man, it's not a, a mutant, any of the Avengers, anyone else, it's not Thanos. You're the that multiversal being who or that 
universal being who could stop me. So I need to stop you now. That's what caused the fight. And what's really interesting, even though Conan beat him, what's interesting to me is that even though King Arthur and Excalibur exist in the Marvel Universe, Kang wasn't afraid of either. Never even mentioned them. But again, he was afraid of Conan and felt he was a legit threat, which caused that fight in the first place. Now, let's talk about King Arthur's weaknesses because... I hate doing this. He's got a few major weaknesses. The first is that King Arthur fights with a code of honor. I talked about that. He's a noble king, after all. This code prevents King Arthur from acts of treachery, deceit, and a lot of other useful tactics that Conan won't hesitate in using. And Conan is a master of deceiving his opponents and using all types of cheap shots to get the win. Keep in mind that it was super important to King Arthur to be chivalrous, which means during a battle, he's going to talk it out and give that opponent the chance to hit first and what have you. This is horrible because Conan's just going to do that. Now, the second thing is his over-dependency on his weapons. Look, if anything comes off of him, he becomes that regular guy with a dad bod. I mentioned that before. Now, of course, he's not a dad bod guy. I'm sure he's a great athlete, a really good, well-trained fighter, but put that up against Conan and that's horrible. And again, Conan's great at figuring out what you're using and knows how to disarm it. And finally, King Arthur did do something that Conan never did. See, unlike Conan, King Arthur died and stay dead. That is the myth. That is the legend. That's the original thing that Ray is pulling from. He was killed by his longtime nemesis, Mordred. And was King Arthur disarmed? No, he was killed during his final battle with Mordred, who killed King Arthur with a regular sword. It was not enchanted. I checked. It was a regular sword. That's horrible. Look, here's the deal. Put all this together. And that's why you see that King Arthur's never really faced off against someone like Conan, who's faced off against way more powerful opponents than King Arthur with similar abilities and greater abilities and has come away with the win. And by the way, Conan has never died in a fight, but King Arthur has. All of that is my point number three. Wow, that was a lot of words to say, not a whole lot at all. Now, now, King Arthur was not killed in the final battle with Mordred. No, he was gravely wounded and taken on a boat to Avalon. Some might argue that Avalon equals the afterlife. It could also equal a place where he got healed and came back like Wakanda for Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier in the MCU. Uh, at the end of the day, he did have more adventures after that, so I don't know what to tell you. And you talked about kings, and if you're the king, uh, as as Conan became the king, that means you're the best. Well, I drank King Cobra, and I can tell you that is not the best malt liquor that one can have. So just because you're a king doesn't mean that you're necessarily the best. And there's a few battles you left out important details, James. Uh, Kathan. That's like the one name of that first 25 people that you named that I'd actually heard of before. Congratulations on having Conan defeat a bunch of no names. You know what? I could go through all the people I've wrestled in the ring and all the people that I've beaten, and you wouldn't know who most of them are, and you wouldn't be impressed by any of it. So there's no reason this judge should be impressed by the list of no names you put before us. But Kathan is an actual real force, except... When he fought Conan, he had been demoted to the body of a demon, not a god, a demon, and a demon is highly beatable in combat when compared to what Kithan is actually capable of. And the battle with Captain America also happened in a what if, so grain of salt to begin with, but he wounded Captain America in the shoulder. Captain America told everybody, stop, and the courts will have mercy on you, and Conan and all his criminals just ran away. He actually lost that battle according to the rules of who would win because he wounded Captain America and took off. Great example, James. King Arthur is just, again, playing on a different level than a guy with a sword and a loincloth. That battle with Kang was a little bit of a joke. That was Catwoman defeating three flashes at the same time. 
yet in Conan form. A really weird battle where Kang decided for whatever reason not to use any of his powers that he's known for that you called out in the Rick Sanchez episode. For some reason, Kang the Conqueror shot a laser beam and Conan threw a sword into the laser beam and broke the weapon. Then Kang put up a force field and Conan stepped to the side and he punched Kang in the face. This isn't Kang. This is a weird interpretation of Kang. Good luck, James. King Arthur and his unbeatable scabbard and sword win this battle. Crown me. Look, that's all well and good, Ray, but we got to kind of figure out what's going on with this battle. Leroy, you've heard three points from both Ray and myself. It's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us a story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between King Arthur and Conan the Barbarian. This last round was tough. I, I got to be honest. A, a lot of really good points were brought up, and my, my answer shifted multiple times. This is not an easy one. Uh, you guys are, are mean for making me... Uh, to something so close to each other, so close. But here's what I'm thinking. Their strength, their speed, their durability, their gear are all comparable. They've all got magic weaponry. They all could take a massive hit. This has been proven to each person multiple times. So I kind of got to wipe nearly all of that off the table. The point that Arthur would try to talk it out first takes his, uh, you know, the, the, the rush attack that I was all about, that kind of takes that off the table. He wouldn't just rush Conan. And once again, it does kind of come down to the first hit because they, they may both get multiple hits in in this fight, but whoever gets that first one is, is probably going to be ah, dishing out the last. It's tough. So here's what I'm thinking. The scabbard. Now, now while Conan, as we've talked, has an amazing IQ when it comes to combat, right? And, and just in general, but his combat experience and his combat fighting are so strong. But the story that he had the cursed sword and didn't realize that was, that was the cause of it, you know, maybe, maybe when it comes to, to magic weaponry, he doesn't immediately see the cause and effect. And the fact that the scabbard that King Arthur, he could get that sword knocked out of his hands, no problem. But the fact that the scabbard is still there and he's still taking hits and not bleeding, that to me is, is what pushes this fight over the edge. It, it was, it's Conan's inability to see the cause and effect of a magical item in that instance, combined with the magical effects of the scabbard that you wouldn't think it's a weapon. You wouldn't think it, it looks decorative almost, I'm sure. So I think that's going to carry King Arthur through this fight. And I got to give it to King Arthur. It was I, so close. Let, let me, let me, let me cut the, let me break this down oh, sure. real quick. I completely disagree with your, your verdict here, but the thing is, I have to respect it, and I need to explain why. There's an aspect of Conan the Barbarian, especially from Marvel Comics, where it takes him... You're right, he's got a genius IQ, but if I had to say what was his weakness, it's that he doesn't like magic. He really doesn't like magic. You would think he'd learn how to use it a lot better, seeing as how he gets affected by it and he's in the middle of it, but he doesn't like magic. Like he, he has a grudge against magic, and that's why he goes especially harder against people who are magic wielders, wielders I should say. So it, even though I disagree, I, I kind of actually really like the fact that you kind of honed in on Conan's not weakness, but almost blind spot. So I don't agree with your verdict, but I can live with it because of that. I think it's fantastic. Race to Canis, you are here too. Tell the Legion of Audience how you feel right now. Unfortunately, unlike King Arthur and Mordred, you will never be my equal. I, I feel that like, like Conan is, is, is 
a massively powerful person. And if, if the scabbard was not there, I feel would take the fight. Listen, Leroy, I got to tell you, this was not an easy battle to judge. I could tell that. I'm sure Ray could if he was here as well. The thing is, you did a masterful job of it. Please come back and be a judge again because I don't think I, – you're, you're an elite company as a judge. Let me put it that way for what you did today. In the meantime, tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base, where they can find you. You can find me on Giphy. Look up Leroy Patterson. You'll find uh, tons of stuff on there. You could also look up Sneak Kings on YouTube or the Human Tack Board on YouTube if you don't mind – Seeing me in my underwear covered in blood. We've got the After Arc. Look for that. It's an awesome vampire movie coming out. Uh, we've got a uh, 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 full motion video video game in the works. I don't have a title for it yet. I was really hoping one would come up while we were filming it, and it didn't. So uh, I'm figuring that out right now. Uh, and But yeah, yeah, I just you Sneak Kings, Human Tack Board, and Giphy. Check those stuff out. I love it. All right, Race to Canis. Go ahead and uh, tell Legion of Audience where they can find you. Might I suggest as a great title for your FMV movie, can we just call it Ray is Right? Let's just face it. A great name came up during the recording of this episode, even if it didn't come up during the filming of the property itself. Call it Ray is Right. Make the money. I'll take only like 85%. You're going to still be fine because of how much money pointing out the fact that I'm right will make. I can testify to that based on this show. I don't want to say I'm about to move to Beverly Hills, and that is because I am not about to move to Beverly Hills. Of course, this is a great victory. Of course, King Arthur has the tools. He has the talent, much like the Ghostbusters laid out in that documentary from 1984. King Arthur has too much. He is too much. Conan is a charlatan, a thief, a muscle-bound buffoon in a loincloth, and I can't believe James did not lean on tax code given past precedent. If I was to break down why James lost this battle, it would be because he didn't mention tax code. Find me on threads at Almighty Ray 316. You're welcome, everyone in the country of England and their assorted territories that's horrible you're you're the the colonization of england that anyway of what england okay i'm not really sure where i'm going with this all right listen today's match was i wouldn't call it a travesty again i highly disagree with it but i really respect uh leroy's uh process in this i love having a great judge on now you can find me on twitter instagram and facebook by typing in at james gavs you remember to join the official hoodman facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community you can also find us on instagram and tiktok at who would win show don't forget to subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, spotify and where Wherever else you go for your podcast. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanus, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. And I'm Cassandra. And we're the hosts of Trashy Trashy. We're a podcast filled with trashy news stories and garbage people. Did you leave the scene of an accident to go tanning? Do you refer to wearing the strap down on your Crocs as sports mode? Have you ordered Domino's online before they even open in the morning? Are you switching the same AAA batteries from your TV remote to your vibrator instead of just buying more batteries? Or are you normal? Check us out wherever you download podcasts.
Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash show right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.